Well, good morning, church. I hope you are enjoying your holiday season. I hope you had a great Christmas and are ready to turn the page into the new year. And it is such an exciting time of year when it's the the newness of the new year is upon us. And there's something about when we receive new things and the way that it just totally can affect and change our mindset. It's like this, even though it's just the next day, because it's a new year, a lot of times we approach it with a totally different mindset, at least for a little while, right? And for a lot of you, maybe you did that with something new that you got for Christmas, especially if you're a, a young person in here and you got that, that new thing that you've been asking for and you've been taking such good care of it um, since you received it just a few days ago. But, but most of us remember what it was to receive something new and how that can change your mindset for at least a little while. Do you remember the last time that you got a new car or at least it was new to you, whether you got a used car or whatever, and and you got this new car and you were committed when you got it to implement some new things, right? Where it's like the last car, by the time we turned it in, it was was kind of all things went, you know, and you know, maybe when you first got it, you were concerned about, you know, I'm only gonna use the trunk for storage and then the back seat became for storage and then anything was for storage, right? Any kind of mirror visor or whatever. But in the new car, things were gonna be different for you this time, right? And you were gonna wash it and keep up with it. And, and maybe when you got the new car and they kind of had like the, the, the piece of paper that covered the floor mat. So that way, like when the person who was bringing your car to you wouldn't get even their dirt into whatever. And you tried to keep that piece of paper for as long as you could, you know, to keep your floor mats clean. And, and that's what you were gonna do. In fact, you even considered getting pieces of paper for all the other floor mats, right? Just to make sure that it stayed nice and tidy. And the first time you drove to the grocery store, you parked 12 cars away from all the other cars, right? To make sure you didn't get that first door ding or that first scratch because this was a new car and it was a chance to establish some new habits in the way that you took care of that car. And a lot of times we approach that same mentality into the new year, right? It's like, it's a new year. There were a lot of things that we meant to do in 2019 that we didn't really ever get around to, but This is the year, right? January 1st starts a new opportunity to implement things. And I want to affirm in you, that is a good thing. That is a wonderful thing to turn a page and to begin to look at your life and say, you know what? There are some relationships that need mending in my life. There are some relationships that as I just, as we engaged over Thanksgiving or Christmas, this holiday season, that I began to realize with family members or friends that there's a lot of heartache in them still. There's a lot of things that are being held over from years past. And you know what? And this year, I wanna see that relationship be rebuilt. Or maybe as a parent, you're looking at your relationship with your kids or some of the decision-making that your kids are making. You're like, gosh, we've got to get on top of of some of the life choices that our kids are making, but how are we gonna do that? And man, everything's just so busy and they're so busy and I'm so busy, but you know what? And this year, things are gonna be different. It's gonna be new. And that newness is a wonderful thing. But I want us together to look at God's word and to see that as the Lord brings those things to our hearts and minds, maybe for some of you, he already has, he's been working on you, you've built the list, or maybe over the next couple of days as that new year turns over, you're gonna take some time and you're gonna think about what are some life choices that me and my family maybe need to to do differently? What are some changes that we need to make? What are some things that we need to cut out of our life? What are some things that we've been meaning to add into our life but just haven't had the courage or the time or the willpower to, to carry out. And as, you, as we begin to, to move into this new year and to begin to look at that, what we wanna do is we wanna look at God's word and say, God, 
as you bring these things to our heart and mind, what is the help that we can get from your word that will show us how we can actually carry through on that? Because for most of us, right, we make the New Year's resolutions and most of the time, you know, they have to do with something physical, whatever, and, and it's really good for a couple of weeks, right? Maybe even a couple of days. And we have a great vision, a great heart, a great mindset to do all these new things differently, to eat differently, to exercise differently, and we get into it, and then all of a sudden we realize that even though we have a great vision in our spirit, that we f- remember quickly that we also have a faulty flesh that reminds us that pie is good. That bluebell ice cream is delicious. And the battle begins to wage on between spirit and flesh as to whether or not we're gonna really be able to carry those things out. Or what are, the, what are the ways that God has shown us in his word that we can truly bring the things that he's put into our heart, the things that we need to do, the vision that he has for us, and that we can practically bring those things into the purpose for our life. That we can bring them off the paper and into God's purpose for our life. It's so important because I know, as Pastor Carey always says, he reminds us that the habits you develop today will determine the person you will become tomorrow. And that's so true. We, we see this person we wanna become. We see some things, some relationships that we wanna be restored a year from now. But it's the decisions that we make today through God's power that allow that to come to pass. So would you stand with me in honor of God's word? And I want us to look at a passage together where Paul is speaking to the young man whom he's been mentoring, Timothy, and he's beginning to cast some vision into his life as to why we should be so committed to carrying through on the things that the Lord puts in our lives. But before we get to that, let me just take a moment to welcome those of you who are worshiping with us at our campuses in Atascacita and at North Point and online with us. We feel your presence, we love you, and we're so glad that you're worshiping with us. I want you to look at this passage from Paul to Timothy and what he says to him and encourages him. And it sounds a little bit like a New Year's message to him. He says this, physical training is good. And it is. And most of our New Year's resolutions stop right there. But training for godliness, he reminds him, is much better. Promising benefits in this life, like physical training does, and in the life to come. That's a big deal. This is a trustworthy saying, he reminds Timothy, and everyone should accept it. We should bring that in and receive that truth. This, the understanding of that truth, this is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God, who is the savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Would you pray with me? God, we love you. And we wanna honor you this year like never before. So that I, God, I pray that each of us, if we haven't made that list yet, that God, even as we begin this service, that we would take the time to write down the things in our phone or on the back of our sermon notes or on a notepad where we're sitting, God, that we would write down some things that you're bringing to our heart so that as we begin to look into your word as to how we can actually accomplish those things this year, that we'll know what lies before us and we'll be ready to take the steps necessary to bring the plans that you have for our lives into reality. So God, whether that's, I pray for those of us in this room who need to add something into our marriage, 
onto our list. Maybe it's to invest some time in a date and spending some time with our spouse to begin to continue to build upon some connections that are there and to build new ones. Or maybe it's a marriage that's been struggling and we need to make a commitment to getting good counsel, to, see, to, getting, to going to counseling and allowing another believer to speak into our marriage and to speak into our life and to make that decision this year. God, maybe it has to do with extended family for us and after coming through the holidays, we know that there's some hard conversations that need to be had, that we would put that on our list and make a commitment to have those conversations, to do whatever it takes to fight for the unity that you created us for in our families. Maybe it's to just start by reaching out to someone who we didn't connect with over the holidays because of past hurts, because of things that are going on and that we're gonna make a commitment that maybe even before the new year starts to begin to build some new bridges. God, maybe as a parent, it has something to do with our kids. We need to add our kids to the list. There's some discipline, some things that we need to put in place, some ways to challenge our kids and to challenge them. As a kid, maybe it's the idea of being able to confess some things to mom and dad that we're struggling with and to begin to build that relationship, to begin to invest some time in that relationship. Maybe it has to do with making a commitment to do something fun with our kids, to plan that trip, to finally make that trip go and to take whatever vacation or time away that's necessary to begin to invest into the, our family and the things that matter, things we've been meaning to do for a long time. God, maybe it's not about our family at home. Maybe it, what we need to do in 2020 is something different with our church family. God, whether it's investing financially and beginning to become committed to our tithe and putting you first in our finances or joining a life group and getting connected to the family and sharing life with people who are close to us, with our neighbors and our community. Or maybe it's just about making a commitment this year to be here, to attend, to be encouraged, to be challenged on a weekly basis and to be committed to the gathering of believers. And God, maybe it has to do with serving, getting off the sidelines and getting out of uh, just the main auditorium and serving in our children's ministry or in our, in our greeting team and our welcome team and our transit team, God, in places where we need and just allowing you to use the gifts and talents that you've equipped us to to meet the needs of the body. God, maybe it has to do with our budget, beginning to sit down and really take a serious look at our finances and dealing with the debt that we've incurred. Or maybe it's about investing or spending some of the, the wealth that you've blessed us with in the right areas and in the right ways, whether it's in our family and, and some sort of good thing or starting something up, that God, we'd commit to do that in a new way. And God, maybe it has to do with our body, about choosing to be healthy, to be more prepared, more equipped to be the person that you've called us to be and to carry out the plans and the purposes that you have for us. We know that our health is important. God, whatever it may be, I pray that you'd help us to have the courage, not just to think it, but to put it to paper, to write it down and to begin to submit our 2020s plans and purposes to you, allowing you to direct our steps where you want us to go. We love you. We give this morning and we give this message to you. Teach us from your word. Change us from the inside out. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Yeah, habits are important for sure. And under, if you're gonna build new habits, knowing the why as to what we're doing is critical, right? Now I'm a father of four boys and my youngest son is two and a half about to turn three. And if you've ever been the parent of a toddler who's two and a half about to turn three, then you know that where we are about to venture into with him is the why phase, right? That moment when 
They are constantly asking why, 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 why? And listen, like you, I wanna be a good parent who wants to take the time to help him have understanding as to why he can't just have dessert, right? Why we have to eat meats and other things that are chewy and require more than just two bites before you swallow, right? Like. These are things that I want to take time for him to understand his health and his growth and to, for him to get the vision of it because I can appreciate that him having an understanding to the rules is important for us being able to come to a common ground and him wanting to do the rules and follow the things that are in place over him versus him being forced to do those things. Him getting the vision can bring us to a common grounds where we are trying to accomplish the same thing. And so I, of course, I want him to get it. I want him to understand why he should eat his food. I want him to understand why he can't pee in his pants at this point, right? Like these are things that I want him to get are good for his life. We aren't doing these things just to enforce silly rules on him, but are good for his life. So I want to take the time and I try to be that kind of parent who explains to them, well, hey, buddy, this is why we need to do that. And this is important for you. And this is why you want to do that. Because just like you and me, when we understand the reason behind the rules, it typically leads us to want to partner in the, in the person who's the of authority, who's put the rules on us to be able to get behind it and follow through on the things that we should do. But you also know that where there are rules without reason, it often leads to rebellion. And so in trying to avoid that, we want to get behind our kids and we, it's important to take the time to cast the vision and help them to understand the why. Now, I'd love to tell you I'm a perfect parent who just takes the time to explain to my kids every kind of detail of every kind of question. But then at some point, you know that if they say why and you give a response and they say, well, why? And you give a response and it's why. At some point, we are leading to a crossroads where there's only one response left because I said so. Just do it. And the, really that's an appropriate response at some point because what you begin to have to dif differentiate between is, are they searching for vision and understanding or are they just challenging my authority? And if they're challenging my authority, then because I said so is important. I am your parent and I'm telling you to do it because you aren't looking for vision or for, or for reason. You're just searching for a way to not have to do what you've been told to do. So I'm gonna come down and I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to tell you because I said so. Let me tell you something. God wants to use your 2020 in a powerful way. He wants to take that list of things that he's put on your heart and mind and he wants you to get the vision as to why he wants you that so that you can join him in the work that he has for your life. God does not want have to step into your life and tell you to do stuff and just say, because I said so. But he will because he's a loving father and he's gonna meet us right where we are. And it's important to get the vision so that we don't end up in rebellion in 2020. Instead, we start to work with God on the vision that he has for our life, for the lives of our family members and our friends. It's a big deal. And Paul was trying to explain to Timothy the why. Remember what he said. He said, listen, when you train for godliness, it brings benefits in this life and in the life to come. If you lose sight of the promise of heaven, then everything begins to fall apart. If you lose sight of the fact that when you invest in the plans and purposes the Lord has for your life, that it will bring blessings. If you lose sight of the vision that you invest into your kids, no matter how much they push back, is going to bring blessings into your life, bring blessings into their life, and bring a blessing into your relationship with the Lord, then it's easy to begin to grow weary, to lose sight of the importance and the purpose, and to fall off like every other New Year's resolution. So it's so important 
to do that. And Paul was explaining to him the why. He says, listen, when you get the vision, when you really understand the vision of what the Lord wants for you, then what you will do is you will work hard. And that work hard in the Greek is the idea of working to exhaustion. Now, for most of us, when it comes to working to exhaustion, the problem with working ourselves to exhaustion, where we push our body to the brink in a workout and an exercise or mentally and emotionally engage in a relationship, the problem with pushing ourselves through exhaustion to do what is necessary to accomplish the goal is what we mentioned earlier, the flesh has its own mindset. It wants to do what is good for itself. And so pushing through that is hard. But when you have the vision in front of you, you'll run through a wall to to get to the goal if the goal is good enough. I was thinking about that last night as I was watching the semifinals of the college football playoffs. And I was thinking about how much those coaches all year long have had to do whatever it takes to keep the vision in front of their players of what is possible if we continue to push ourselves in practice and do whatever it takes. And and these players who are willing to, as they say, to run through a wall for their coaches because the coach has done a great job of putting the vision before them that if we do this, that the goal will be the way that our team comes together, the unity we experience, and the ultimate goal of winning a national championship and experiencing all the things that comes with that as a team. And it is so important for us as well as a spiritual family to be able to be connected to the why, to trust that God really does have good for your life, for your kids' lives, that God really does have great plans and a purpose for your life. And the things that he's putting on your list to do for 2020 are not because he's trying to torture you, but because he's trying to bring you into something great. Which is why it's so important that if you are going to accomplish the things the Lord has for you, number one is easy. You gotta know your vision. You have to know the vision. We have to be connected to what the Lord has for us. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 29, 18. It says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. (laughs) But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, that word for vision is divine revelation. When we get disconnected, when we stop taking time out of our day to say, God, what is it that you want from me this year and for my family? When we stop hearing directly from the Lord and being connected to him, it says the people perish. It's like a football team that sets out towards that goal and doesn't have a coach who keeps the goal and the vision out in front of them as to what's possible when they remain united and connected and continue to put team before self. When that vision gets lost, then at some point when that player is in the midst of a grueling practice, his body, his flesh speaks up to him and says, why are we doing this? This is miserable. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. This hurts. Why are we doing that? And if the soul doesn't have a good answer to that question, then the body's going to say, let's quit this. Let's stop. Let's get out of that. Let's start doing what is good for us. And then all of a sudden, when you have a bunch of players on a team who are self-centered instead of team-centered, then the team perishes. The goal falls apart. And fulfillment, the opportunity for true fulfillment is lost. Not necessarily in winning the national championship, but in staying unified as a team. We gotta know our vision. I love what Steve Jobs said when he says, if you are working on something exciting that you really care about, You don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. We get pulled into, if we really stay connected to the, if we really can believe and stay connected to the hope that we have when we submit our plans and our purposes to the Lord, then we don't have to be pushed to follow God's rules. 
we will join with him in understanding the value of them and the vision will pull us into pushing ourselves into exhaustion, working hard, continuing to struggle, enduring the ridicule that comes with standing for something that the world cannot understand. How is it that I know the world can understand? Because Paul casts some vision to the church in Ephesus that really helped us to understand that what the Lord has for you is beyond our imaginations and beyond anything that the world can understand. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. Paul said his prayer, his vision for this church was, I pray that out of his, God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You'll be connected to the vision so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, unified, may have power. We'll come back to that power word in a minute. Together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Isn't it crazy to see the vision that the Paul puts out in front of the church of Ephesus, the vision that he puts out in front of us of understanding that what is waiting for us is a love, a connection with God, something of such great value that it surpasses knowledge. The plans, the visions that the Lord has for your relationships that he has for your life and your connection with him is so great and so overwhelming that it surpasses knowledge. And Paul says, listen, if you want to realize that purpose and that connection to God and that joy that surpasses knowledge, then it starts with us being rooted together as a family, established in love, fighting for what's good, that you might have power. Woo! And that word power is the word dynamis in the Greek, D-Y-N-A-M-I-S. Root word to words like dynamic, the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul in, uh, in, in Ephesians as well talks about this dynamic power that was in the resurrection of God, this power of the Holy Spirit that when we are established and rooted in love brings dead things back to life. You may see some things on your list that say that relationship is too far gone. There's no way that a text message can revive that. My marriage is too far gone. But the good news is that you have dynamis living in you, the power of the Holy Spirit that raises dead things to life. You may say my teenager is too far gone, but you have dynamics in you, the power to raise dead things to life. That's what lives in us. And that's what God has waiting for you in 2020 is to see this dynamic power come to life. It is such a joy that comes with that, that surpasses knowledge. It is something so great that the world cannot fathom it. Is the goals that you have for 2020, are they goals that surpass knowledge? because that's what kind of the goals that God has for you for this year. You wanna get in shape. The benefits that come from getting in shape don't surpass my knowledge. You wanna build wealth for yourself this year. The benefits that come from wealth, build, becoming wealthy don't surpass knowledge. The only thing that truly can surpass knowledge is the joy that comes from experiencing a deep connected with, connection with God and with others. So that no matter what you face this year, 
no matter what the circumstances, good, bad, terrible, whatever it may be, you see, there is a joy that can go beyond all circumstances when you are rooted and established in love. And you find the power that raises dead things to life and your purpose. That's what God has for you. Let's dream dreams that surpass knowledge. And you can't just get there. And in order to get there, you have to, and this is point number two, you have to make an investment. You have to make an investment. When God brings the vision to your life, he's brought some things to your mind, whatever new things there it is, you can't, you can't just think it and believe that it will happen. You have to think it and you have to begin to make investments of putting that into action putting seeds in the ground. If you don't go out and begin to make an investment of planting seeds of faith in that relationship, planting seeds of faith in your budget or financial decisions or whatever that is, then you're not gonna see the fruit come from it. And so we have to, we have to make investments. We have to plant those seeds. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Paul reminds the church in Corinth, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously, whoever plants a lot of seeds, will also reap generously. We have to invest. We have to make investments of time into our kids. We have to make investments of stopping and spending time with the Lord and letting him show us how to navigate through the plans and the purposes that he's laid out for us. We have to continue to take what he's given to us and we have to continue to give it back to him. You are blessed you are blessed. God has blessed your life. Where you sit today, no matter what you're going through, you're blessed. God loves you and he has brought good things in your life. Now you may not be feeling blessed right now because you may have some of the good things the Lord has given you, but you're not enjoying them. Well, that's true in a lot of circumstances. Consider this Christmas season when maybe you, I think most of us probably experience some sort of gift exchange type experience. If not, you probably have been in one before. But I want you to consider for just a moment the investment that you made as parents into your kids' Christmas this year, for those of you who are parents. And for those of you who are kids, consider the investment that your parents made in getting you that gift. First of all, you made an investment into time. Because you love your kid, you already envisioned the idea of them getting to receive a great gift and your hope, I know for certain, was that when they opened that gift that there would be a connection between the investment you made into getting that gift and the love that you have from them. Hoping that there'd be a connection between the gift, their understanding of how much you love them, thus experiencing the true purpose of the gift, a deeper connection between you and your kid. And so you invested time. Perhaps you went shopping. Maybe it was that one toy that everyone was after and you couldn't find. And you went and you spent time or maybe you're smart and you just ordered it on Amazon Prime, okay? And you, you didn't have to spend much of a time of investment, but you probably invested your resources. You spent money on that gift. For many of us, we sacrificed to get a little bit more than what our kid even had the capacity to dream of. We got them the upgraded version of the thing that they even asked for because we want to go above and beyond to let them know that there's nothing we wouldn't do to express our love to them. And so you expend your resources, you expend your time, you get it, you carefully wrapped it, you put it together, you took time to make sure that it was done in secret so that there'd be a surprise for them. And you invest all this time, you put it under the tree, you create an environment where they're gonna wake up in the morning and come have this experience. And then the moment comes and they rip it open. And we get a little bit of reward as parents when we see that 
brightness in their eyes. Or maybe if you've ever given a truly inspired gift, maybe even a tear to come down. And then we even realize a little bit more of it when they turn and they race across the room and grip us and say, oh, I love you. And you're like, okay, investment worth it. But what if after you give that present, let's say it's a race car for your younger kid or an iPhone for your older kid or whatever it may be that you invested into your kid, and you give it to them, and instead of there being a moment when they realize that and they turn to you, instead they take that item and they race to the next room. And they begin just to play with it and become obsessed with that toy or that moment or that thing. And you say, oh, it's Christmas dinner time. Hey, everyone come in for Christmas dinner. And they say, I can't, because I gotta race one more time. I gotta do this thing. I gotta text this person. I gotta set this thing up. I'm gonna do this thing. I don't have time for my family. Or you begin to see that over time that, that anytime someone comes into the room and says, hey, can I play with that thing? No, this is my thing. This is my deal. This is my, my thing over here. I, I got to do this. And all of a sudden you realize that you made an investment into your kid's life that was all about helping you develop a deeper connection with them. But now the very thing that is standing between you and your connection with them, the thing that you know will bring fulfillment into your life is the very thing that you invested into in them. Well, as a good parent, what are you going to do? Thank you, that's now mine again. You take it back because you're angry at them. No, because you love them. And you know that that thing will never be able to bring the fulfillment that a deep connection with your family and a deep connection with God will. And you invested, you made that investment, you gave them that thing to express that and to be something that was mutually shared to continue to develop that. But when you take the things, students, that have been invested into you, the gifts that have been given to you, and you use them to isolate because we love you, we have no choice but to take it away. Don't you know that a loving father does the same thing? Our father in heaven. That he looks at the things that we've, he's given to us, and if we are not investing in the, the kids, if we're not investing into our, our resources and making an investment in a way that honors the Lord, a loving Father in heaven is going to look down on us and say, I didn't give you those things so that you could use them and isolate yourself. I gave you those things so that you would invest them back into your relationship with me and your relationship with other people. And if that gets backwards, then God is going to look down and say, why did I give that to you in the first place? The very thing that I gave you to bless you is destroying your life. Let it go. Use it for my kingdom and, your, and my glory. Use it to invest into other people's lives. That's what he gives us all things for. Generate wealth, yes. Invest your money, invest your resources and become wealthy, amen. Please praise the Lord. May God bless all of your bank accounts in 2020. But I pray that every dollar that is blessed is about accumulating the wealth that when the Lord looks into your life and says, I have reason and I have purpose of that, that you say, yes, God, use it because I made it for you and for your kingdom. I worked hard. I continued to struggle for your glory. And the moment that that pursuit of wealth or that career begins to take us away from the investment that God gave it to us in the first place, which is to spend time with our spouse or to spend time with our kids, then yes, God's gonna look at your job and say, yes, I bless you with a great job, but I'm wondering why I did that in the first place because you're not using it to invest into your family. So God can't bless it. Not that he doesn't want to, but blessing it more would only take you further away from the purpose he's created you for. 
We have to make investments, but we have to make it in the right thing. Listen to what it says in Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Pay attention, students. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. How do we prove to be trustworthy? God says, I wanna bless your life. I wanna give you more. I wanna continue to make investments into your life. But how do we prove to God that we are trustworthy? Well, God says, I'll give you a little, and if you're trustworthy with that, I'll bless you with more. It's no different than what we do with our kids when we try to challenge them to be faithful with a little bit of responsibility that we give them. And if they're faithful of that, typically we give them more opportunity, more resources, more freedom, or whatever. And God says, the same is with me. Well, here's a hard truth. If you want to prove to God if you want to show him that you are trustworthy and ready to continue to receive the incredible joy that comes with accomplishing the plans and purposes that he has for your life, here's a hard truth. The trustworthy give an account of their investments. They aren't afraid to live an open life declaring their intentions. My boys, I'm confident, are going to want to date some cute girl someday. And I want you to know that a tradition that's been passed down into my family is that before they are going to be able to ask any girl out on a date, they are going to first have to go and ask that dad for permission to take that girl on a date and tell that dad what they will be doing on their first date. Well, why? Because I want them to develop the trustworthiness that one day, if by God's grace, it works out. And they want to ask that man who has invested his time into his daughter for years, raising her and protecting her and preparing her for the vision and the future that he has for, his, for her life, that my sons will begin to build trust with that father, that he is a man of good intentions, that he is someone who's worthy of investing into, and that he will be committed to continue to invest into his daughter's life in the same way that he has for 18, 22, 25 years, whatever it may be. And so I want my boys to be able to say, hey, we're gonna go here, we're gonna, we're gonna do this, and we'll be back by this time. And by doing so, what they're communicating to that father, when they go to that place, they do the thing that they said they would do, and they're back by the time that they said that they were, they're beginning to build that they are trustworthy. Because building trust is important to experiencing what we are created for. For example, we all love our kids. And if you tell your kids, go clean your room, and they come down shortly after, and you say, did you clean your room? And they say, yes, I did. And you say, great, I'm gonna go check. And they say, please don't. <laughs> and you say, why not? And they say, because I need you to trust me. <laughs> if you love me, you'll trust me that I, that I got it all cleaned up. And you say, I think the right response to that is, I do love you, and I'll trust you more after I go and look. You see, that's what love, that's where trust is built. Trust is earned through verification. It is not, it is a lie to say, if you love me, you will trust me. I do love you, I, which is why I want to build trust with you, which is why I'm going to look so that we can continue to develop a closeness. I don't look because I don't trust. I look because I love. Side note as a student pastor, look at your kids' phones. Get in there. Don't let anything be password protected from you. Love them enough to look. Let them continue to invest into trust and build that relationship with them. And God loves us enough to look into our lives. He loves us enough to challenge us to not just make investments, but to give an account. And that's why the third point is potentially the most important for your 2020 dreams to come to life. 
you need to set up accountability. It's critical, and this is the hardest one. This is where we take our plans of investment and we confess them. We share them with someone else who is trustworthy. I love what it says in 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is the message we have heard from him, God, and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all, nothing hidden. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Well, what does it mean to walk in the light? Does that mean that you have to walk perfectly without sin? No, because the Bible also says in 1 John that if we claim we have no sin, we are liars and the truth is not in us. So walking in the light isn't about living a perfect life, it's about living an open life. Being willing to declare your investments and your intentions before one another that as a church we can lovingly hold each other accountable to the things that we've committed to do. We hold each other accountable. Well, what are we supposed to do then? Well, now the challenge, really, my challenge to you is to take the list that you have made of the things that you want to see come to pass in 2020 or the list that I'm praying you will take time to receive divine revelation from the Lord over the next few days and to make a list of things the Lord's putting on your heart to accomplish this next year. And you will share it with someone. And you will say, these are the things the Lord's put on my life. And in my spirit, I am totally committed to do them. But I'm humble enough to accept the fact that I still have a flesh that is going to fight against me and compete against me and try to distract me from the goal that I have of having a deep connected relationship with my kid, having a deep connected relationship with my spouse, having a deep connected relationship with my family. And I'm afraid I'll lose sight of that vision when the going gets rough. And so I'm gonna share this with accountability because I wanna prove to the Lord that I am trustworthy, that he can trust me with even more, that I'm gonna be faithful with the little that he has given me and that he'll give me even more opportunities to connect to him and to connect with others and connect people to his kingdom. That's why over the next several weeks, Pastor Kerry is doing a powerful series called Frozen Goals, all about melting the barriers that stand between us and becoming the person and forming the habits that God is calling us to be a part of. Don't miss it, it's gonna be powerful. But it's time to take action. Listen to what it says in James chapter one. James challenges the church, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. It's the idea of, making a New Year's resolution list, things that you're gonna do differently, and you just think it. All you do is you just, you have these good thoughts in your head and you say, I'm gonna get those things done. Don't think that way and so deceive yourselves that you'll actually get it done. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. God wants to bless what you do in 2020, but we have to take action. It's time to say, enough is enough. I refuse to allow the things the Lord has blessed me with and allow those things to separate me from being connected to him and connected to others. I'm gonna humble myself. I'm gonna show God that I'm trustworthy by making that list, showing him the kinds of things that he brings to my heart where I need to make new investments this year. And I'm gonna have the courage to share that list with someone else that they might be able to hold me accountable. 
We want 2020 to bring the blessings into Woodlands Church and into your life like never before that comes from knowing what you were created for, investing into the new habits that help you get to what you were created for, and living the connected life that God wants for us. Let's pray. God, we love you. Hey, God, we're done just saying that we love you. We want 2020 to be a year where we show you how much we love you. God, we wanna love you through action this year like never before. God, I'm just telling you, buckle up. Be ready to be loved by this church like never before. We are going to take the blessings and the things that you've put into our life and we are going to use them to accomplish your purpose, not our purpose, because we trust you. You loved us enough to send your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins that we might receive salvation through faith in you and in you alone. You love us, we know that. But we love you too. So God, help us, encourage us, strengthen us, help us to strengthen each other, to follow through on the things that you're challenging us to do in our lives. And God, we want to because we love you, but your word also shows us that when we follow through on the things that you've put on our heart to do, (laughs) the result will be a joy, a fulfillment that surpasses knowledge. God, we wait with anticipation on the joy you're gonna bring into our lives, a joy that surpasses the knowledge that the world understands when we choose to put you first and to put others before ourselves. So we love you and we give this year to you. It's in your sons and we pray, amen. Well, hey, this is the part of our service where we give back to God our tithes and our offerings. And let me remind you, if you're a first time guest, you're under no obligation to give. As regular attenders and members, we give because we love him because we choose to give back to him and want him to know out of his love for us, we choose to put him first in everything we do too. So let me just pray over our tithes. God, we love you and we choose to give back to you again because we love you. Receive these gifts and offerings out of love for us. God, as we give one last time before the end of the year, we want you to know, we remember who you are, what you've done for us, and we choose to say we love you back through our tithes and offerings. We love you in your son's time we pray. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.